Hello friends, here is this week's episode. So as many of you know, there have been some really difficult things happening in our world in these last few years. So today I want to take a moment to name and to honor that and to just share some very open thoughts about what we might be able to do as leaders to navigate these tricky, tricky water. So grab your headphones. If you're like me, you're going to get a warm cup of tea, snuggle up, listen. If you're in your car, be safe. If you're on a walk, I hope you enjoy the beautiful sunshine. And here we go. This week's episode talking about leading during challenges, crises, and tragedies. All right. I hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, excited to spend some time with you again today. Want to take a minute and just process some things that I have been thinking about first and foremost as a human being and directly relating that to how it impacts us as leaders. So as many of you know, these last few years have brought just the world, I think some incredible challenges, whether you think about all the things with COVID and the layers and the complexities that that can bring with it, the political climate that we are experiencing right now, the social justice challenges that are happening in our world, the things we're seeing on the news. And specifically, this probably was brought a little more to light because if you are in Michigan or honestly anywhere, you've probably heard the news of the most recent school shooting in Michigan. And that is heavy, that all of those things are heavy and it can make you want to scream and cry and throw a fit and question and wonder. And then if you're lucky, it can also challenge you and push you to reflect. And if you're really lucky, you can have a colleague come alongside of you and give you a nudge to reflect and to put those thoughts and reflections out into the world in this podcast episode. So I'm going to try to articulate some of my thoughts and feelings and how leading during a crisis and during tragedy and what we can do to be better leaders, maybe, but I don't know that... I will quite be able to articulate it. (laughs) I feel like in light of especially the most recent things in Michigan, I'm having a harder time than ever to put my thoughts and my feelings into words and the language around that. But we're going to we're going to give it a go. And hopefully this will be something that whether you have a really big challenge in your leadership role or maybe even something that's not super big hopefully you'll be able to walk away from this conversation and to feel supported and inspired and empowered to do some things to help make that a better experience so the first thing I want to do is just to start with naming it and name how incredibly difficult this 
all husbands. So I think oftentimes as leaders, we work really, really hard to be positive and optimistic and upbeat. And I believe that that's so important and so necessary. It doesn't do us any good to whine and complain and moan and just to not move forward with some positive actions. But I do think it's important to name the hard and to just honor that because it is hard and this is hard. And I read a quote about leadership and after I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, like it like totally like socked me right in the gut. And Brian Tracy said this about leadership. He said, the true test of leadership is how well you function in a crisis. And when I first read that, I was like, oh my goodness, that is spot on so true. And I still believe that it's so true. But as a leader, I was like, oh shoot, like that is is a big task. That's a really, a really big task, particularly when it feels like there's just a crisis after crisis after crisis all around us. But then I, I came across this next one. So Daryl Black then said this, he said, crisis is the ultimate textbook of leadership. The lessons are there. We just need to look for them. And so when I read that, I was like, okay, we we can do this, right? Like in my coursework, when I decided to become an elementary school principal and took a year of classes, there was no class or no textbook or no manual, no checklist that told us the steps to take when you were leading in the middle of a global pandemic. There was no like to do or not to do. There was no chapter around just how to navigate the tricky complexities of that. But we've been in it now for, you know, going on a few years and we're learning from that and we're reflecting on that. And when we know better, we do better, as Maya Angelou said. So I felt like, well, yes, I think leaders, the best leaders show up in the crisis moments. We also need to give ourselves permission to learn during that process and to identify what went well, what didn't go well, and how to move forward. It's interesting because when I think about my leadership journey, and there's been, you know, many opportunities that I've been blessed to be able to lead, but particularly as a school principal, this is the start of my third my third year. And so I, I sometimes I laugh because I, I swear if we don't laugh, we'll cry. But um, when I think about that, it's been COVID all, every single year, right? Like I don't, I don't know any other way. So when I think of how to lead, especially during these challenging times, I just, I have the tendency to think that we should have all the answers. And one of the things that I've learned very, very quickly as maybe a blessing is that as leaders, we might need to get used to not having or knowing all of the answers all of the time and being okay with that and using that as an opportunity to lead with authenticity and vulnerability and to even create trust with your teams by leading that way. I think that one of the most important things that we can do is to just own that. The day after the Oxford High School school, school shooting, and I just want to take a moment to just encourage us to lift that community up in our prayers and our thoughts and um, as they heal and work through that. 
But one of the things that we did as a team was to be able to go into our school library and just to be there together. And I was driving into work, as many of you know, I've got about an hour drive and I kept thinking about what to say. And I just, I wanted to have the right words. I wanted to say something that would uh, capture all of the feelings that we all might be having to be able to give them some type of reassurance, to help them to feel better, to inspire them, to help them to feel seen and heard and to build connection. And I, I could, I was struggling. Like I, I still don't have the words. Like you can probably hear in my voice right now, like I'm still kind of stammering and I just, I can't quite put the language to what I want to articulate and communicate to my team. But I was listening to a podcast on the way in and one of the things that kept coming up in the podcast, and it was actually published before the day before this experience was sometimes the best part of leading is just showing up and not being there to fix or to solve or to offer solutions, but just to walk with the people going through the hard stuff. And so I think that when in times of doubt and when you feel like you want to know all of the answers and you want to have a quick fix to the problem, and while yes, we do want to be solution oriented, sometimes the only solution is just being there and holding space and having empathy and walking alongside of your people and being in the trenches with them. And it's messy and ugly. I think Glennon Doyle Melton, she coined the term brutal, beautiful and brutal. (laughs) And I think sometimes leading in a crisis can be brutal, right? It's important and messy and necessary, but it's hard. And, but it also can be where We build relationships and connections and helping our people to be seen and heard. So on that note, I'm going to share some thoughts and some wonderings that I have around this, knowing fully that these are not all the answers. Maybe they're not even the right answers. Maybe I'm completely off base and I'm going to have to be okay with that and take a chance on being okay with that. Also knowing that as as we know better, we do better as we reflect and grow and to be able to know this is where we are right now. This is where we are right now in our leadership journey. And if we can start here, we can take one step at a time and move forward. So here we go. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give the, give a little stab at this. So one of the things I've learned in these last few years of leading during just difficult times and as a follow-up of, you know, what has happened this week and reflecting is it's important for leaders to be willing to serve. There was a, another awesome quote. Uh, One of the groups that I follow on LinkedIn is called Leadership First, and they'll often have great articles and just, you know, things. It said, if if serving is below you, leadership is beyond you. And that quote really spoke to my heart. I know you probably all have worked for people with the title of boss, and we've talked about this before, where bosses just, you know, stand up and their white ivory tower and point and tell people what to do, but they don't serve their people. As leaders, it's so important. We are there for our people. That's it. We're not there for the title or for the crown or the accolades or the pay raises or any of that, any of the perks. Like that, if you're in leadership for that, you're in it for the wrong freaking reasons. So as leaders, we have to serve and we have to serve our people. The only way that our people can be better and we can empower them is if we as leaders pour into our people. So when you think about your leadership role, whether you're a mom or a 
colleague or a team leader or uh, organization leader, a school principal, uh, whatever that is, right? President, whatever that is. I want you to think, what can you do to serve your people? How can you show up and serve? And it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. Sometimes serving them is just taking something off their plate, helping with something. Sometimes it's Uh, slinging hot dogs in the cafeteria and feeding your people. Sometimes it's, I don't know, like think about in your specific role, what can you do to serve your people to check in and to support them? Because if we're not serving them, we're not leading. And particularly during times of crisis or tragedy, it's very, very important to, to serve our people. So the other thing I've had a lot of thoughts around is just trusting the team that you work with. So I'm blessed. I talk about this all of the time. The team that I'm able to serve with, my school team is incredible. They are some of the most amazing, smart, talented, dedicated. I could, I literally could go on and on about the team, people that I am blessed to work with. The same is true for my wellness business. The ladies that are on that team are passionate, dedicated, smart. They're better than me at a lot of things. So first setting yourself up with the right team. If you are the smartest person or the most talented person on your team, you are on the wrong team. You are building the wrong team. As a leader, it's important that you find people that are better than you, right? That are better than you, that can build on your strengths, but also bring and challenge and help you to grow and help to complement the areas that you aren't as strong in. And then leaning on those teams during that time. So there was an interesting story that I read about in the Harvard Business Review, and it was about Governor Patrick, who led after the Boston Marathon bombing. And one of the things that he talked about was after the bombing happened, there was the command center where the FBI and the law enforcement and all of the people were trying to figure out, you know, what was going on and to move forward. And when he would come into the command center, instead of coming in as the governor and telling people what to do and how to do it and his team, he would ask this question. He would ask, how can I help? How can I help? And he leaned on the people that knew more, that knew better, that had other strengths and other areas that he wasn't familiar with. Because again, I'm sure he didn't have a textbook class on what to do if there was a, you know, a bombing at a major event in your city. But he trusted the team and he built on their strengths. And then as a leader, he used his strengths to help complement that team's work. So friends, we can't lead alone. We really do have to lean on our teams and to give them permission to help us to figure out how to do it. We have to be open to their feedback and their ideas and their suggestions and be able to trust our people. So when you are leading, particularly during difficult moments and difficult challenges, I want to want encourage you proactively to be sure that you're building a team that is even better than you or that complements your areas that you need to grow, but then also to lean into that team and to work collectively and collaboratively during that process. The other piece that I just, I always come back to and whether it's leading when times are good or not good, um, but particularly when things are challenging 
is to be people-centered. So no matter what business you are in, whether you work for a company that builds parts for planes or you are in, in education or healthcare or whatever it is, law enforcement, I mean, honestly, any field, we ultimately work with people some at more levels than, than in the other, and it's human-based. And we really need to make sure that we are focusing on the people that we are working with and keeping our leadership people-centered, paying attention to your people. What are their needs? What are their struggles? What are they looking to need support in? There's a story about Jimmy Dunn, who is one of the three managing partners at Sandler O'Neill. And Sandler O'Neill was a company that was housed in, their offices were housed in the World Trade Center during the 9-11 attacks. And when that horrific event happened, almost half, nearly half of the people were lost that day and including the two other partners. So Jimmy Dunn and his leadership to move forward, he articulated and explained that he had to look at two things, two hands, he explained. He said, in one hand, I need to focus on the business concerns and all of that part, right? Like the numbers and managing managing all of the business type stuff. On the second hand, he had to lead by taking care of the people and the families that were impacted by the loss. And lucky for the people, he focused more on that second part, taking care of the people and their families showing up. And what he found probably isn't surprising, but by taking care of people first, all of the other stuff fell into place. All the other stuff fell into place. So I often will get on a soapbox about something similar when we look at from a school standpoint when we look at numbers and data and test scores and all of that type of stuff and yes it's so important for us to look at that as a system and as educators to figure out what what gaps do we have how can we be better how can we learn all of those things right and if that feedback and that information is important but unless we focus on the people the teachers, the support staff, our kids, and pouring into them and making sure that they're taken care of and that they're loved and that they're encouraged. And for some of our kids that they're fed and that they have warm clothing, right? And that they get a good night's sleep and proper nutrition. If we don't focus on that stuff first, taking care of our people, none of the other stuff matters. None of the numbers or all of those pieces is going to matter. And it's certainly not going to work out. So staying people-centered, loving on your people. And when I say loving on your people, I think it's important for two things to happen. One, as leaders, we need to tell our people more often how much we care about them, how much they're appreciated, how much they're valued. Our people need to be seen and heard and they need to feel that. And we need to show them. So we can't just shout out empty words or say things with no meaning behind them. How many times have you worked for people that have said things and you knew that it didn't mean anything because the actions didn't match the words, right? Like that's happened to me before. So one of the things that you'll hear me say over and over and over and over, and it means so much to me is telling every single person I can, and I get choked up every time I say this, 
is telling them that they're appreciated and loved and that they matter. And I say it every single day for lots of reasons, but I want my people, my students, my staff, my families, like my teams, I really want them to know that and to believe that. And while I'm not perfect and I have a long ways to go and I have lots of areas for growth in this, I also need to be aware to make sure that my actions are matching my words. I need to show up and to do that. I need to be present. I need to serve my people. So not only do they hear me saying that, but they feel it and they see it. So remember as leaders, particularly when leading in the middle of a crisis or hard times, keep it people centered. So the last part I think is important is just to reflect. As leaders, it's important that we set time aside to think and to reflect, whether that's journaling. I encourage you to find a trusted colleague or a mentor or a friend, somebody that you can process with, and then do the work. Do the work personally and professionally that you need to do. So when you reflect, identify what are your strengths? What's going well? What's not going well? What do you need to be better at, right? I started this podcast saying that I'm having a hard time with coming up with the language to articulate all of the feelings that I'm feeling lately. Like there's a, there's a lot of feelings going on around a lot of things, leadership and life and just, just a lot of stuff. And I'm normally pretty articulate, but I'm not lately. I'm just having a hard time with the words. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now, actually, and it's perfect timing is Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart came out and it's all about the language around our emotions and our experiences. And so I'm diving into that first and foremost as a human being, because as leaders, we need to remember that we are humans first and the heart of our leadership is important to pour into and make sure we're taken care of. But then I also know that that's going to help me to be a better person, but hopefully also to be a better leader that I can start to articulate, articulate, if I could say the word, more accurately what I'm thinking and feeling and hopefully teach and empower and inspire others around me to do the same thing. So more on that, I have a feeling as I'm reading that book, that's going to be some inspiration for some future podcasts. And just a plug, if you don't listen to her podcast, she is to Unlocking Us and Dare to Lead. Awesome, awesome ones. And then uh, we can do hard things. Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambach. They also have interviewed her and that's another great podcast that you just might want to listen to if you're or if you're trying to figure out emotions and language. So, so anyways, the other part of that reflection piece is naming your mistakes. So, as leaders, it's so important, particularly in unexpected times, to own what you messed up on and to to name it and to apologize to your people and to work to make it better. And I know sometimes we don't always know how that is or how to make it better. But just saying, I'm sorry, I messed up. I messed up on the daily, like so many mess ups, so many mess ups. And as leaders, if you're leading in big ways and you're leading with heart and you're out there and you're showing up and you're, you're doing the work and you're in the trenches with people, like you're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot. You're going to mess up and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And if you're not making mistakes, then I'm going to challenge you and say, you're not showing up and you're not doing the work and you better get in the arena better get in the arena and do the work because you should be failing. Fail big, fail often. I think Will Smith has a little fun YouTube on that. So own your mistakes, apologize, make it better, reflect, figure out what you can do to 
learn, to grow. Give yourself grace and space and time to process. Give yourself time to process. And I would challenge you to make that reflection piece part of your daily routine. So whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day to be able to reflect. And then on a grander scale, maybe quarterly set time where you you know, go away for half a day or yearly, maybe you go away for two days by yourself. I think that's something I'm going to do this coming up here is to schedule a trip away for a couple days with just me that I can sit and reflect and think. So schedule that time. It's important. You're worth that and you will be a better leader because of it. So I want to close with a quote from Winston Churchill. And he said, if you're going through hell, keep on going. And I thought sometimes in leadership, it feels like it's so flipping hard and you don't know when it's ever going to end the challenges. But if we can just keep going one day at a time, one step at a time, the next right thing. So wherever you are, wherever you are in your leadership journey, whether it's hard or it's going okay, ask yourself, what's the next one thing that I can do right now to move me closer? What's the next one thing? And then take another step. What's the next right thing now? What's the next right thing now? And it may be a little bit of a cha-cha, right? Like it may be two steps forward, one step back. That's okay. It's okay to add a little dance moves in there. But what's the next one thing that you can do? Start small, daily, consistent actions that you can do to just, just keep going. So there's my very, very uh, humble attempt to try to articulate thoughts, feelings, challenges over leading during crisis and tragedy. And I don't know, friends, I don't know if it will resonate. I don't know if there are the right answers, if I'm off base or if I'm not. But right now, that's what feels right. That's what feels right in my heart and my soul. And based on what we're all going through right now. And so I hope that it gives you some permission to be okay with not always being okay with what's going on and being okay with not having all of the answers and giving yourself credit for being there and showing up and for knowing that leading in a way with heart and integrity and loving your people can have an impact that I'm not sure we really even understand as leaders. I don't know that we understand that. I know some of the leaders that I have been blessed to work with. And when I think back to my most impactful leaders that have helped me, the things that they've done best is to be there and to be there and to be genuine and to care and to do whatever they could to help me and to work through it with me. And so if that's the one takeaway and the one big skill or the one big thing that I've seen that I've benefited from as a human, I think as leaders, that's the one thing that we can maybe, maybe lean into. So thank you friends for listening. Again, I want you to know and to remember this, I want you to feel it in your bones. You are appreciated you are loved and you matter. Thanks for listening. Thanks to my colleague for pushing me again to go outside of my comfort zone and share this. I appreciate it a ton and I hope you all have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening. See you soon. 